I think out of fear and out of love for my mom and out of the fear of the unknown of what was going to happen, I just immediately decided that I'm just like, I have the experience and I have the knowledge and I have the tools with photography to, to start documenting her and to start telling her story and to spend more time with her. I think it was just a lot of like wave of emotions during that time period. And that's kind of why I started to photograph her was really because of just that unknown of like, it can be three months that she's here. It can be another year that she's here. So I just, I just immediately started taking photos of the life that she had made for herself and the life that she had made for us in the home we grew up in. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 227th episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Berenice Chavez. We spoke from La Grande, Oregon, where she recently earned her degree in photography at Eastern Oregon University. We dive into her work, which explores themes of family and love, separation and belonging, largely through staged photographs with her family members, especially her mother, who is undocumented. And we talk all about the idea of place and family and all sorts of things coming up in this interview. Of course, if you want to check out her work, be sure and check out her website, Berenice Chavez photoshelter.com and you can find her on instagram at very underscore chavez underscore art so please follow her there it's super exciting because Berenice was selected by Erica B. Hess from I Like Your Work podcast as part of Studio Break's 2019 student competition as you may or may not know the 2020 student competition is now open to all undergraduate and graduate students our juror this year is Tim Kowalczyk, who is a Trump Loy ceramic artist. Also, at Tim Ceramics on Instagram if you want to see some of his work, or timceramics.com. The competition is open to all currently enrolled or recently graduated MFA, MA, or BFA, BA students in the visual arts. So if you want to find out more information, head to studiobreak.com and look under the student competition page. The application process is as simple as can be. You submit a small PayPal donation, a link to your website and or Instagram account, and you are all set. So check out studiobreak.com under the student competition page for more information. While you're visiting Studio Break, make sure to check out some of the archived episodes that we have available. Again, each of those posts have images of the artist's artwork, links to their website, so you can find out more information. You can listen right there in the default player or just subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play. You can also be sure and follow us and stay up to date on social media. So like our Facebook page, you can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And of course, on Instagram, be sure to follow at Studio underscore Break. And with those announcements out of the way, here is our interview with Berenice Chavez. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Berenice Chavez. How are you this morning? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been really nice weather, just enjoying, you know, the sunshine during the spring season. So, yeah. Yeah, you were talking about hiking. So, I, you know, kind of like an avid runner now. So, I'm seeing <laughs> everything growing in. So, I mean, there's something really nice to be said about, 
you know, seeing uh, trees and spring and all of that good stuff. So, and again, just remind everybody too, where, where are you currently located and, and residing? I'm currently living in LaGrande, Oregon, which is where I graduated from, um, which is where Eastern Oregon University is located. So yeah, this is kind of currently where I've been living, but I originally grew up in Umatilla, Oregon, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from LaGrande. So I kind of stayed local in the Eastern Oregon region. Kind of describing uh, the landscape a bit as, you know, lots of flatness around you. Is that correct? Or Where I grew up in Umatilla, it's very flat, much more like a desert landscape and very open. But then once you get into Legrand, you know, you're, you're kind of going into, into mountains. So there's a lot of hiking in this area. It's very beautiful. We have a lot of different uh, mountain ranges that I really enjoy exploring. So it, yeah, it's really interesting kind of how, how different the scenery changes from, from my hometown to where I'm currently living. Well, so especially to kind of like start thinking about it relative to art, I'm always curious, you know, of course, where people kind of begin this journey. Were you, you know, someone that was really creative kind of growing up and in terms of making things and being excited about, you know, like learning processes and all that good stuff? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I think my artistic journey or development yeah, maybe it was a little different than maybe most artists, I'm not sure. But I was originally born in Mexico. And I guess this kind of relates a little bit to my current work. So my parents moved to the U.S. and had my older brother and sister. Um, when I, my mom was about six months pregnant with me, they decided to go back to Mexico. So I was the only one out of my uh, three other siblings who was born in Mexico. And then when I, we were when I was four, we came back to the, the States. And that's kind of where we settled in Umatilla, Oregon. But yeah, and then, of course, my little sister was born after that. So overall, I mean, my parents, you know, they grew up in Mexico and they kind of grew up in a really small town. So it's not like they were very familiar with art. And in terms of their educational background, you know, they maybe only got up to like late elementary kind of fifth grade level in terms of their education, mm-hmm. which is why they came to the U.S., you know, just for better opportunities for themselves and for us, of course. So yeah, I didn't really grow up around art a lot. What did you do? I was more kind of, I guess, passionate about sports. I guess I was like the the sporty, like athletic kid growing up. And that's what I was interested in. A lot of my mom's siblings, they actually moved to Eastern Washington. So we grew up close to them. A few of my dad's older brothers and younger brothers, they also kind of moved over to Oregon. You know, so a bit of the family from both my parents' sides transitioned over to the U.S. So I guess my experience kind of growing up was whenever we'd go visit my aunts and uncles in eastern eastern Washington, they owned farms and they would crop and, and harvest different kinds of fruits and vegetables um, because they would actually go and sell at the farmer's markets. Like in the summer times, I remember, you know, going out and picking cherries and kind of working out in the fields at a young age with my with my family just to kind of help them out if they needed the help. That's kind of how my parents also grew up, um, was doing that kind of work as well in Mexico. So, yeah, I guess that was kind of my experience uh, growing up and just kind of always being mostly around my, my mom's family because she's the oldest out of like nine kids and my dad's kind of in the middle out of 10 kids. A lot of his family is still back in Mexico. 
So I kind of had this second family that was back in Mexico that I'd never really don't really remember because I was four when I came when we came back to the United States. So I just kind of know them through phone calls and, and and things like that. You were kind of talking about your parents moving for, you know, better opportunities and things like that. I would imagine, you know, there's some spark of interest in thinking about like, oh, like, you know, what's going on back home or, you know, how is that different from here? Is that something that kind of, I don't know, you were thinking about maybe kind of at a younger age because you're so kind of tied into family and. Yeah, definitely. I think I always kind of growing up wish that I could go back to Mexico or, you know, visit and really experience what it's like to grow up in Mexico and just really experience the cultures and traditions that are celebrated there. There's definitely a lot of traditions and celebrations and things like that that would probably occur or happen in Mexico, but that my parents didn't really bring over with them. My mom and dad, like their main language is is Spanish. And I really, I, whenever I'm home, it's interesting because when I'm at home, it's like, oh, we're, we're only speaking in Spanish. You know, I definitely like to ask them a lot of questions about, you know, what their upbringing was like and just kind of have them draw a picture for me of like what Mexico was like, what the house that I grew up in for the first four years of my life was like. And I think I always definitely kind of growing up uh, was envious a little bit about my of my friends who would get to go to Mexico every year to visit family or for you know for Christmas break and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that curiosity uh, definitely got me interested. Just just to be, try to get connected more with my Mexican culture and background. Sounds like kind of you know leading a, a life that where you're kind of very close to family, but then also you know doing sports and you know other things, but. I'm especially curious because I know that like it seems like that always changes so much when you're, you know, in in that high school age or, you know, like there's there's so much uncertainty about what you want to do. When it comes to just really figuring out what I wanted to do and how I kind of really got started in pursuing art was probably like my senior year of high school. Right. They kind of start asking you what you're interested in, what career choice you'd want to pursue and things like that. Um, and at that time, like I said, I'd never taken any art classes whatsoever through middle school or high school. But I did take my senior year, I did take a the, a yearbook class. And so one of my jobs was to edit photos and take photos. And that's kind of where I first thought, you know, oh, a camera is actually really interesting. And, you know, just being able to freeze a moment in time and, you know, not putting too much thought into it, but I just thought it was something fun to do that kind of drew my interest. So then when we had to start thinking about, you know, job shadowing and thinking about what careers you wanted to do, I was like, oh, you know what, just photojournalism, like that would be so cool. And, you know, I started exploring photography a little bit more, looking into, you know, what photojournalists do try to connect with any photojournalists that I knew of and things like that. So I, I remember that I, after I had, you know, committed to going to Eastern Oregon University, I, I remember my senior year, I had emailed the professor, uh, the photography professor saying like, hello, like my name is Berenice. Like I'm taking, I'm enrolled in your photography class. Like I want to be a photojournalist. And, you know, I just remember feeling that like, this is definitely something I really wanted to pursue. Then I started trying to figure out, you know, do do I then major in in writing? Uh, you know, like what other things were, what other degrees or classes were going to get me 
to become a photojournalist. And of course, I enrolled in photo classes, but I wanted to take photo classes to gain some experience. But I didn't imagine myself, you know, just diving deep into it and uh, really pursuing photography. And then later on, once I started taking more college classes my freshman year, I learned about anthropology. And so when I learned about what anthropology was, you know, the study of cultures and people, um, I mean, I was all in for both. And especially once I was introduced to to photography through my intro to photography class, we were just only shooting film. And my first time developing a roll of film and and being in the dark room, you know, it's quite an amazing experience just to kind of watch the the image appear on paper. I think that's kind of where I really decided that, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to just be a photojournalist. Like, I think I just want to be an artist and not just a photographer, per se. And especially when we started learning about the history of photography and learning about photographers. Are there any that, like, particularly stuck out to you, too, to kind of think about that decision? Like, oh, my gosh, this is something that I could explore and kind of talk about you know, things that are interesting to me. Yeah, I think like the first few people that we kind of learned about or that I was introduced to um, in my beginning, like intro to photography class were like people such as Stanley Mann and Cindy Sherman, Diane Arbus and, and Robert Franks. But I think the one that stood out the most to me uh, was Richard Avedon and just kind of the portraits he was taking of people, especially in his series of the, the American West. And just the way that he would interact with people to get them to, you know, have a certain reaction for the photo. And I always found that really interesting. And I think that's why I also wanted to to pursue anthropology as well. It's just, I think I was always just really fascinated with other cultures and other people, just asking other people questions so, yeah, I think that's kind of where it all really started for me. Somebody that teaches, you know, one of the things that I love is having students that have no background because they usually have like no hangups, you know, in, in terms mm. of, you know, what their expectations are. They're usually like, you know, really excited about learning all these new processes, figuring out how to like combine all these things. So it sounds like, you know, just, you know, learning a lot about maybe some of the histories of these, you know, various artists and then learning these processes kind of really change the direction of like, again, it sounds like what you were interested in doing. And I'm curious, did you learn like a lot of other processes aside from, you know, traditional darkroom photography? I mean, did you, I'm assuming learn color and other processes as you're working through that? Yeah. I mean, they photographed in black and white earlier on. I myself was mostly just kind of interested in film photography and of course, working through the darkroom. I also took some digital classes too. And, you know, just learning about Photoshop and and things like that. But I was always way more drawn to just the film photography, I guess, and working in the in the dark room. It's weird because there's places that don't even have it anymore, you know, and that's that's kind of how I learned. So it's kind of interesting to me to think about how photography ties into my work or, you know, anybody that's had that experience in a dark room. It's again kind of fascinating to to think about the process of it. How did you start to kind of explore the you know, ideas that that kind of set off in terms of what you could make? The first time that I really remember exploring, you know, a certain subject within my artwork was probably my junior year where we were asked to, you know, create our first body of work for a, a junior show that was going to be coming up. And earlier that year, I'd become really interested with large format. It was 
said before that that junior show that I had started learning um, and photographing with a four by five camera, that kind of transitioned me kind of to start photographing more in this in a studio space uh, with lighting and you know a backdrop. At that point in time, it was it was kind of funny to me because I always said that kind of my freshman year, I in sophomore year, I was like you know photographing people was always really challenging for me because you know directing is part of you know being a good studio photographer and telling the person who's sitting in front of the camera kind of what to do you can't really get a great shot if you're just you know telling them to act natural or you know <laughs> so I decided to kind of try and challenge myself by you know just starting to try and photograph people and see if I could improve um, as a photographer and so that junior year, I was kind of inspired kind of by Richard Avedon and, and really kind of looking deeper into his work and kind of how he how he posed people and, and how he kind of staged a photograph. I kind of was, you know, heavily influenced by him. And so I began to just photograph portraits of my friends. I was just trying to explore, I think, nonverbal communication and how we communicate just through body language. I think that was always interesting to me because I, like I said, I've always kind of really been interested in just people and asking people questions. And I think like most people, I like to just people watch and see, you know, what people are doing or, you know, how we touch our faces with our hands or how we might hug ourselves or, you know, just put ourselves in maybe these awkward positions that we don't really think about and then just kind of trying to capture that in an image. You think about, you know, not knowing somebody and kind of maybe, I don't know, almost feeling like you see an essence of them or, you know, you start thinking about what you might attribute or misunderstand or not know about this person. So it seems to me like, again, that idea of trying to figure out how to how to pose people or, you know, represent them essentially um, in some capacity is really kind of interesting to think about, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what you're communicating or, or, you know, just learning the technical process of it as well. No, yeah, definitely. After you kind of worked through the series, um, you know, was there something that you kind of uh, were kind of aspiring to or, or thinking about that you might do maybe differently? Because I would imagine, you know, you're starting to think about, you know, maybe the like a senior thesis type show. What had happened during my junior year as I was photographing different individuals who were my friends, which made it a lot easier to to photograph them because they were really patient with me when it comes to me, you know, trying to give them direction. Mm -hmm. I had received a phone call from my sister about uh, my mom. My mom is actually an un undocumented immigrant. And I was actually myself undocumented as well um, when I came over to the United States. And ever since I can remember, since we've been in the U.S., since I was probably in first grade, or maybe even kindergarten, my mom, she had been detained by immigration. And, you know, she was in prison for a little bit. And, you know, we went through the whole process of and we had to get her a lawyer, you know, ever since I was in first grade, second grade, that time period till now, um, you know, he's kind of been fighting her case to try and keep her in the U.S. and, you know, extend her time here. So, you know, a lot of my upbringing is also just these memories or experiences of like, knowing that my mom was undocumented and that was like something that we didn't really tell anyone or talk to anyone about. Um, and it was a lot of, you know, having to take these like family like trips where my mom and dad would, you know, take us out of school for a day because we had to go to, 
like every three to six months, we had to go to my mom's like immigration appointment, you know, where like someone would like stamp on this document that she had, you know, for her next report date that she had to show up in Portland to, you know, make and make her appearance there. So while I'm in college, while I'm, you know, growing up, all of that's kind of also happening in the background. Um, And it was normal for me growing up. It was just, I guess I didn't think about what other kids' lives were like growing up, but that was kind of normal for us was like, oh, we got to go to my mom's immigration appointment again, or we have to go and translate, you know, for her what's going on, or we have to, you know, communicate back and forth between the lawyer and my parents to tell, explain to them what it is that he needs. And we would, we would, throughout all these years, you know, there was about three separate occasions where she was almost going to be deported, where they, you know, they kind of told her her time in the U.S. was up. Sorry, one was in middle school, when I was in middle school. Then it happened again when I was a junior in high school. And then again, when I was a junior in college. And, you know, that's kind of those three separate occasions is kind of when the lawyer steps in and he asks us and, you know, we've, me and my older siblings, we've had to write letters to whomever it may concern, you know, like stating why it's important for our mom to stay in the U.S. We've had to ask like our principals and school teachers and all of them to also write letters because he's, you know, the lawyer has been using all of these documents and all this paperwork to try and, and keep her here. So Once again, it was during that junior year when I was creating these portraits that I had received that phone call from my sister saying that, hey, we had just we just got back from another meeting for my mom that we had to report to. And they pretty much told her the guy was pretty blunt and just kind of told her, like, you can either leave or we can find someone to deport you. You know, so, of course, she called up the lawyer and, you know, he's filed a few papers to try and extend her time once again right now we're kind of in this period of just waiting something will pop up and it'll be kind of a scary moment for all of us and then he'll you know file some kind of paper send out some forms and then we kind of it's just a stagnant you know time period of just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen next at that point during my junior year because it had been that it was like the third time that had happened i guess I had felt a little bit more fear. Um, one, because I don't know, I guess it felt maybe a little bit more serious this time. And two, because me and my older siblings, you know, we're all over 18 and we only have my little sister who's turning 15 this year. And I feel like the lawyer would use us, um, you know, the fact that she has children young children that she needs to take care of to like try to keep her here, you know, as we would write these letters as little kids stating why my mom should, should be in the, in the U S with us. So I also felt worried like, Oh no, like he can't really use the fact that she has four young children in the U S I think out of fear and out of love for my mom and out of the fear of the unknown of what was going to happen. I just immediately decided that I'm just like, I have the experience and I have the knowledge and I have the tools with photography to to start documenting her and to start telling her story and to spend more time with her. I think it was just a lot of like wave of emotions during that time period. And that's kind of why I started to photograph her was really because of just that unknown of like, it can be 
three months that she's here. It can be another year that she's here. So I just, I just immediately started taking photos of the life that she had made for herself and the life that she had made for us in the home we grew up in. Yeah, that, that kind of uncertainty seems like something that's unreal, you know, especially having experienced this, you know, th- three times over your life already and just to not know, you know, the status. And again, you know, I think one of the things that you describe somewhere, and you know, talking about your work is to kind of, you know, s- shed some light on this for, for people that wouldn't know, you know, or, or don't have an understanding about it, you know. Right. And especially to think about, you know, like somebody that's raising a family, and, you know, contributing. So was there anything in particular, like, like the first thing that you thought of in terms of documenting or, you know, like how, how did this work in terms of thinking about like, okay, I'm going to, you know, transition from the studio space where I'm setting this up to like, go photograph, say, you know, your mom doing something, you know, how, how, how is that process different? I'm especially curious about. Because of my junior year experience of photographing in the studio and having to direct the people and the subjects I was photographing, I think that really actually helped my work my senior year um, because I was a lot more confident when it came to even giving my mom or my family members direction of, you know, knowing exactly what it was that I wanted them to do. But another thing was too, because I was sharing my mom's story or I guess our family story, you know, it wasn't just my my experience or my story to, to tell a lot of it, you know, it was really about my mom. There was a part of me that, you know, I wanted all the photographs to just be as honest as they could be. So in my mind, I thought that I would want all the photographs to just be these candid moments, you know, to really capture our day-to-day life and just every, you know, my what my mom normally does on a day-to-day basis. Early on, I was just mainly photographing with like 35 millimeter, you know, kind of snapshots. And then of course, when I then decided to try and take, you know, more portraits of my mom, I was also again photographing in the home, in our house. You know, I was just kind of following her around everywhere and just kind of going wherever it was she was. She mostly spends her time at home since she's undocumented. You know, she can't, she doesn't have a permit to work. She doesn't, she can't get her, her driver's license. And she will just doesn't have experience driving in, in general. But so she kind of just really is spending most of her time at home um, or with family in eastern Washington, again, helping my her sisters on their farm, harvesting vegetables and and, and things like that. So I was going to ask, too, are there any you know specific photographs that you can kind of point us to that really stick out to you in terms of like, oh, this is you know, this is definitely going to be something, you know, or or one that you kind of enjoy, you know, as one of your favorites, I guess, for lack of a better word. The one that gets normally the most attention, but one I'm really glad that I was able to capture as well that I think is one of my favorites is the photograph titled In the Field, which is a photograph of my mom uh, standing out in a field on my aunt's farm. And she's holding like these giant bundles of chard that she had just, you know, bundled up and, and harvested. And I was just out in the field, you know, carrying around the four by five. And I just asked her, you know, just to kind of stay there and, you know, try to hold still as she's carrying these (laughs) bundles of chard. (laughs) She's so patient with me. And I think that one was really important for me because 
I think it kind of captures the essence of like why so many parents come over or migrate to the U.S. and a lot of them, you know, become migrant workers or do this kind of work just to support their family. And, and like I said, it was something that was very familiar to me because growing up, you know, every other weekend or during the summers, we would always go over to my to visit my aunts and most oftentimes than not, we would be working out in the field together as a family, you know, helping them out. I just imagine that that was kind of also what my mom kind of grew up doing when she was living out in her farm with her siblings. So I think for me, it was kind of just, it just really captured my mom and the work ethic that she has and, you know, the work ethic that she's passed on to us and just how much she's you know, she's going out there and doing that kind of work for us too. Well, and I think one of the things that's so interesting to me about, you know, work like this too, is, you know, you get a real sense of like a personality from the photo. You know, you described that earlier in terms of trying to, you know, essentially work with the person. It's even more rich to hear you kind of describe all this background and then see this, you know, photograph because there's, you know, like a, a gaze to the camera. And then you start thinking about, you know, the history of this person. Are, th- are there other ones that kind of really stick out to you? The f- one of my mom in the field and, and also the one of my aunt carrying her, her child or my cousin in her arms, again, out in the field. It was black and white. I titled it Immigrant Mother. And I did that intentionally because it kind of reminded me of the Dorothy Lang photo of Migrant Mother. So those two photographs were actually taken on the same day. And those were taken taken kind of when I first started to to develop this body of work. You know, they were more candid, kind of on the spot. I wasn't giving a lot of direction to my to my family members at the time. Once my work started to develop a little bit more closer, you know, to the end uh, approaching my my senior exhibition. I started I started to really take more into consideration of kind of the surroundings of the subject and the location and where I was photographing my mom or my siblings. And so I think for me also the photograph of my mom and my little sister sitting at the kitchen table for me is a kind of a photograph where I kind of had a different shift of the the work I was starting to create. That's kind of where I started to to look more at other photographers such as Larry Sultan and and Tina Barney who also photographed um their families. And like I said earlier on when I was photographing my mom, I wanted these photographs right to be as honest as they could be and I want that's why I wanted them to just be candid snapshot moments without me possibly having to direct too much as I read more and and watch videos about Larry Sultan talking about his work, you know, he would he would say the truth is performance and how we project ourselves. He also created work that was both, you know, staged, but also kind of just snapshot candid photos as well. So then I kind of decided that, you know what, maybe I can also create, even though I'm also going to be posing or directing, you know, there's still truth and reality to to what the photos are of. I would imagine too, it's, it's a little challenging too, in terms of just because you're, you have relationships with the people that you're photographing. There's something personal, obviously, you know, in terms of your stake in it. So I, I would imagine there's, 
you know, times where people are, you know, not excited to participate or I don't know, like as a viewer start thinking about like the one that you're looking at, you know, I can't help but try to imagine like what your sister is thinking about as you're taking this photograph and then you're, you know, kind of documenting this, this, you know, performative aspect of, you know, what's a routine for them, you know, or something that happens, you know? Yeah. So actually that photograph um, at the kitchen table of my little sister and then my mom's like brushing her hair. That was very, very, like a very staged and very posed photograph that I had created based off my experience growing up with my mom. So that's kind of, I guess, another shift that my work took. First, it was just documenting day-to-day things that my, my mom was doing, you know, just current things that were happening and that she was doing. You know, I began to journal and reflect more on my past and my upbringing and just kind of my childhood, because as I would photograph my little sister, you know, I would think about like, I wonder what she's going through, what her, her thought process is about me taking her photograph. Is there, is there another piece that maybe we could talk about that sticks out to you? Yeah, especially more recent photographs that I've taken. I definitely take, I kind of reflect back on my own interactions or memories that I have with my mom and then just kind of use my little sister kind of as a younger version of myself in order to kind of recreate those memories that I didn't don't have pictures of other photographs that I kind of want to to highlight that are important for me and I think this body of work is just also the photographs of my mom and dad together because I feel like he's kind of scared offish in a lot of the photographs are kind of not wanting to look directly at the camera or caught off guard, whereas my mom, who's kind of a little bit more used to me photographing her, you know, she's always making eye contact with the camera or, you know, following direction, where my dad is kind of just there. And it almost seems like he doesn't want to be part of it or he doesn't want to be highlighted as much, which I think definitely kind of really describes kind of what their relationship is like. My mom is definitely a little bit more bubbly, happy, and my dad's a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. So I really like those photographs because I think it really speaks to kind of what their relationship with with each other and with us as their children is kind of like when... Well, and something that I'm curious about too, like, so in terms of thinking about, you know, this thesis, you know, was your family able to to kind of see all your work and you know, what, what do they think about it? My mom, my older brother and my younger sister were both able to make it to the opening exhibition of my senior show. And then my older sister and my dad were able to, to see the photographs later on in the group show. But it's, it's interesting because we haven't really talked about what these photographs mean to them. And sometimes I find it hard to express to them what these photographs mean to me, because once again, they didn't really go to school or grow up knowing about art or artists. So it's sometimes it's kind of hard to have that dialogue with them of what these photographs really mean. But in in terms of of them being part of the work, I think they really enjoyed it. And I think my mom's especially enjoyed it just because it it's allowed me and her to kind of form, I, I guess, a stronger a bond because a lot of the times when I'm photographing her, you know, I'm also kind of almost interviewing her or asking her more questions about what her experience was, you know, crossing the border or, you know, what she wishes for us. And it, it's been really rewarding getting to, to kind of ask her these, these questions and kind of 
learn more about her and just what she thinks about this whole situation, you know? I think another important aspect of this work or what I'm trying to do also is using these photographs as a form of documentation, right? Because one of the reasons that my mom isn't able to permanently stay in the U.S. is because she doesn't have these right, the proper documents. So for me, these photographs, these images kind of take the place of or are the documents of or this form of proof to show that she does belong and that, you know, this is kind of where she's decided to to make her home. No, that makes total sense. Well, and I would imagine, too, for the you know, peers that you went to school with that are also kind of showing off their work and, you know, coming to your show. I mean, I would imagine that one of your goals too, is to kind of, you know, bring up these ideas for people that aren't, aren't familiar or thinking about, you know, families, you know, essentially of undocumented workers, um, as opposed to just, you know, thinking about it as some weird thing to scapegoat. I know obviously like our political climate is kind of scary, you know, I'd imagine that that would be something that would be a goal too, is to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, real realities as opposed to, you know, a narrative that, you know, somebody wants to push or, you know, scapegoat or something. Yeah. And I think that was my goal. Like I just wanted to present photographs that were very welcoming. The size of the photographs were almost like, like life size. I think they're like three by four feet or so. I printed them almost essentially life size because I wanted when the the viewers looking at these images to almost feel like they're they're in that same space as my mom. It does definitely touch on right the idea of of immigration and undocumented immigrants. But for me, I think the focus is just more on the importance of family and being together. As an undocumented immigrant, you know, like what do you call home? And just kind of having or wanting a place to just belong. No, I think that makes sense. And I mean, that's something that you kind of highlighted earlier in the interview. You know, you talked a lot about family and, you know, essentially, you know, being from one place and living in another and that relationship. So, you know, again, it seems very um, appropriate and an interesting way to kind of explore that, you know, especially, you know, again, thinking about where you started when you said, you know, that you weren't really necessarily interested in this kind of growing up, you know, to kind of think about how that's kind of changed uh, the focus about, you know, what you're interested in and, and presenting. Mm-hmm. So this ex- exhibition concluded. And um, I guess what, what's what been going on since then? I, I would imagine that you're, you know, still making work and, you know, exploring other ideas and, and continuing this. What have you been doing since uh, graduation? So in terms of this project and this body of work of documenting my mom, I, I picture myself just photographing her until the day comes that she does have to leave because, you know, her time's just kind of ended and the lawyer can't do anything to extend her time here. Uh Or my mom and dad decide to just move back to Mexico and continue their lives there after, after we're all grown up. And even if my parents decide to move back to Mexico, I also picture myself, you know, traveling to Mexico to visit them and just kind of telling or capturing a different story or different, you know, life that they have over there. Well, and it's interesting to think about that too, because obviously your life is going to continue to change. Their life is going to continue to change. So, you know, it's, you know, that performative aspect seems like it will still be, you know, around or, you know, the documentation aspect of it too, just because things change, people get older, 
<laughs> you know, right. life gets more complicated. <laughs> right. No, of course. Um, but apart from, apart from just photographing my mom and telling her story, where I, after I had graduated, I was also asked to photograph migrant workers, families in, in Baker, uh, Baker city, which is about, uh, an hour, 40 minutes away from, from La Grande. So I was, I was then photographing, you know, the families, uh, who had also, you know, migrated over from Mexico. I think it was really special to me to get to be part of that and get to to photograph those families who, you know, might have a similar experience or background to my mom and, you know, get to to photograph them in their homes and just kind of uh, share their stories about why they came to the U.S. and why they decided to make Baker and Oregon their home. Well, and again, I know that we are in very strange times now. Are, are there photographs and, and works that are kind of around in terms of exhibition, or is that something that's kind of quieted down at this point? So next year I will have a solo show uh, featuring probably a couple of works from my senior show, um, and of course a lot of new, more new and more recent work of, of my mom. And that's supposed to be from February 5th through March 27th here in, in La Grande at our Art Center East. Awesome. Yeah. You know, so where, where should people go check out all your work? And I'm assuming you're on Instagram, you know? People can either check out my Instagram at Bere, which is B-E-R-E underscore Chavez underscore art. And if they go to my Instagram, you can also find a link to my my artist website, which features the some studio work, the, the work, the current work I've, I'm doing, photographing my mom and just kind of the background of, of those photographs. The website is berenicechavez.photoshelter.com. Awesome. Well, again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been really interesting to learn about your work. And, you know, I'm so happy that you uh, applied to the uh, Studio Break doing competition when you did. So it's been great to talk to you. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. And I'm glad I got an opportunity to talk about and share more information about my work. So thank you. Thanks to Berenice for joining me. Be sure and go check out her work at BerenicechavezPhotoshelter.com. And you can follow her on Instagram at Beren underscore Chavez underscore art. And once again, she has a solo exhibition coming up for February of 2021. And it runs through March. It's at the Art Center East in La Grande, Oregon. Quick reminder once again that our 2020 student competition is coming to a close May 15th. So if you are currently enrolled or recently graduated from an undergraduate or graduate visual arts degree, you should get your application in as soon as possible. Our juror this year is Tim Kowalczyk, a Trumploy ceramic artist. You can see his work at timceramics.com and of course follow him and see his work on Instagram at timceramics. He'll be selecting five artists from each of the categories. Again, that's undergraduate and graduate for a total of 10. So that's open to all 2D and 3D artists, anybody that's currently enrolled in a visual arts program or recently graduated. So if you unfortunately aren't showing your work because you don't have an exhibition space, we're upping it to five this year to help uh, share your work. So if you're interested in applying, it's quite simple. You go to studiobreak.com, look under the student competition page. Again, you'll see that it just takes a small donation and an email with your website and or your Instagram account.
account for review. So be sure and check that out. And of course, if you know anybody that should apply or want to help spread the word, we would super appreciate it. If you like today's episode, visit studiobreak.com and check out more interviews. We've got a big archive. Each have images of the artist's work as well as links to their websites. You can, of course, listen right there in the default player, or you could subscribe by clicking those hyperlink buttons to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. So check that out. And, of course, leave some reviews if you'd like. That would be very helpful and Help others find this podcast. You can, of course, stay up to date by following us on social media. Be sure and like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And, of course, on Instagram. Be sure to follow. Say hello at Studio underscore Break. Let me thank Skylar Mail, who provides the music to Studio Break. You can check out his artwork at SkylarMail.net. If you'd like to see some of my paintings, visit DavidLinaway.com, where I have a plethora of paintings of the suburban landscape so be sure and check that out if you're interested in what i'm doing you can also find me on twitter at david linaway and of course on instagram say hello at david linaway and with that another episode is wrapped i hope you enjoyed today's episode be well in the studio be productive we'll talk to you real soon